0: This talk is definitely not my favorite anniversary talk. Uh, but this isn't my favorite anniversary. So that that works, that fits. Uh, I think this anniversary might be the one that I'm most grateful for, but it's definitely not my favorite. All right, so I want to tell you a story. And this is a story of epic struggle, full of agony and pain and tears I needed to replace the brakes and rotors on the rear of my car, and I didn't want to pay someone to do it. (laughs) I've done it several times, so it's no big deal. Uh, I decided yesterday would be a great time for me to take this on. Uh, I had nothing else on my mind. No big deal. I'll just go out and work on the car. Uh, I had this small two to three hour window on Monday afternoons when uh, Daisy's sleeping and Michaela's at work um, to get things done, and putting... Swapping out the brakes and rotors on my car is something that usually takes me 45 minutes, so this is going to work out fine. So I got my car jacked up, I got the tire off, I pull out the old brakes and the caliper, and I go to remove the rotor, and it won't budge. I pull as hard as I can, and, and finally, after lots of F words, it starts to move. Uh, but then if I let go, it like flies back into place. And I hear like that spring sound that you hear on like cartoons. It's like, that's not a good sound. That's not what you want to hear when you're working on your car. Maybe ever my emergency brake, which is like this round kind of brake thing that you actually put the rotor on that your wheel sits on had seized on the inside of my rotor. That might mean absolutely nothing to you, but it's bad. And the only way to do anything about it is to like spray some stuff in there and hit it really hard with a hammer, which is great because you're usually really frustrated at that point, point. Uh, and to just try pulling it apart over and over and over. Uh, eventually, I got the rotor off. Um, but as soon as I pulled it out, <laughs> a couple of springs and these little metal discs just fell out onto the ground. Another great, great thing to have happen Uh, And I freaked out. I thought, I just ruined this car. Side note, this car a week ago was in a shop with someone working on it. And they said, hey, your, your, your rear brakes need done also. We can add that on. And I said, no, I'll do it myself. I'll save the money. And in that moment, I thought, why did I not just pay that guy to do it now? And then he could have all these springs all over the place and he would know what to do with them. Luckily, they're just these... Terrible little things that uh, hold your emergency brake components in place. But they're so delicate and they have to be placed exactly perfectly in this little tiny slot where my fingers are too big to fit. And it took me like, I actually have no idea. I know it was over an hour to get this stupid spring to sit in place. And at this point, it's been almost three hours and I have only one wheel done. Daisy's up from her nap, so I can't start the other one until dinner, which I'm really bad at stopping projects in the middle of them. I I can't stand it, especially if it's not going well. Uh, But it's fine, because I got one done, and and surely the the second one won't be as bad as the first one. The first one had to be a fluke, right? Wrong, because it's 2020. The second tire was even worse. First one of the lug bolts, the thing that holds the tire, that you, like, screw the tire into... As soon as I went to unscrew it, it sheared right off, which is awesome and doesn't make just tons of more work for me. Uh, and then again, a seized emergency brake. Again, hours of struggling, hours of hammering, hours of cursing, and some crying. And again, little discs and springs falling out everywhere. So what started out as as a simple brake and rotor replacements that I've, again, done so many times before, and it usually takes me like 45 minutes turned into repairing multiple problems that weren't there to begin with. And I've spent uh, somewhere around six hours on it, and I'm still not done. My car doesn't work right now. Uh, All because I decided to save some money. By the end of the night, I was staring at the stupid car with sheer bolts and springs everywhere, and my body aching because I'm over 30, and so just things don't work like they used to, and my pride is wounded because I hate when I can't fix things. And this is silly, but I couldn't help but feel like this dumb little project that ultimately doesn't really matter at all uh, is a metaphor for my life right now. Maybe you can relate to this. It feels like um, I struggle either completely in vain and my efforts don't seem to make a difference, or they just make things worse than they were before and there's things falling out everywhere, one problem after another. I don't know if that resonates with you. Why doesn't anything work this year? Why is everything so much harder than it was before? And it goes beyond my personal life and (laughs) my garage. I feel that way here. We last met on March 10th, over six months ago. We thought it would just be a, a few months tops when we shut everything down. We thought June at the latest. And so we shut down and like basically everyone else in America, we isolated physically Even in the midst of that, at least to me, it still felt like there was some connection between us here. And then came the summer. And all the the turmoil surrounding racism and racial injustice splintered our country all over again. And TNL wasn't immune to this. We were just divided on this as as the larger culture around us. Uh, Not on whether racism is evil or terrible, but around its pervasiveness and whether it's inherent in some or not, uh, the root cause, solutions to it, things like this, things around race and racism. I've been accused of being a racist by people in this community, and I've also been accused of being a woke neo-Marxist by people in this community, sometimes for the exact same thing I've said, which still blows my mind. (laughs) But it just highlights that we, we are not all on the same page here. And so that, that isolation that started in, in March, division was layered right on top of that, on top of that isolation. And by July, it, it kind of felt like everyone had just kind of disappeared. I think we we're all exhausted. And now we're staring down an election that is five weeks away, five weeks from tonight. And many powerful people and entities seem intent on dividing us further. And we're being told that uh, who we vote for or who we don't for, vote for says something fundamental about our identities or our goodness or lack thereof. Uh, I had someone someone tell me yesterday that if I didn't vote the way that they wanted, I was essentially telling them that I hate them. And that if I really loved them, I would vote the way that they want me to vote. Without actually knowing anything about how I'm going to vote. I'm encountering these thoughts more and more. Things are only going to get more divided and more polarized in the next five weeks, really the next few months. And we all know that. But that means being a community like ours, where people are accepted just as they are, is only going to get harder and rarer and also maybe more needed than ever before. We exist to be a tangible expression of God's grace in the world. And maybe the best way for us to do that these days is by staying true to our identity and being a place where we're all accepted just as we are. A place marked by the grace of Christ, who has always been about radical forgiveness, grace, and unity. Jesus' closest friends included the very rich and very poor, included violent revolutionaries and corrupt sellouts, agents of the state. People across every spectrum came to be united around the way of love and grace. So TNL, this is 27, and I honestly don't know if we make it to 28. Um, Financially, things have held steady through 2020, which is amazing and a huge blessing. Um, But they're starting to shake a bit. We've lost some big donors in the past few weeks, which makes sense. Times are tough. People are spread thin. Resources are spread thin. Our, our existence doesn't hang in the balance right now, but I can live with us not making 28 because of finances. Good churches fold all the time. What I can't live with is us collapsing because we compromise our DNA and become a house divided and a place where we aren't accepted just as we are because we've re- replaced our allegiance to the way of Jesus with other loyalties, be they political or philosophical or ideological. Nate, you can go ahead and throw this verse up. In Ephesians 4, Paul writes this. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism one God and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. It is up to you and I, it is up to us to stay true to our calling. It's up to all of us to be a place where everyone is accepted just as they are, which again (laughs) is more antithetical than ever before in the larger culture around us. So here are a few ways that we can resist the division that is being propagated in larger culture and foster our environment of radical acceptance, radical love, and radical grace. And I am talking to me just as much as anyone else in the things that follow. First, refuse to see disagreement as hate. We can all disagree on things and we can still love each other. Disagreement is not the same as rejection or hate. Number two, resist re- reducing people down to their beliefs and positions. This is really hard for me. I jump to doing this. Um, we're all complicated and complex human beings uh, created in the likeness and image of God. And all of us are worthy of dignity and love and respect. Number three, try to understand people that disagree with you. Be curious rather than defensive between now and the election have a conversation with someone who doesn't see things the way that you see them rather than arguing or trying to change their mind try to just be curious find out why they believe what they believe they may not think the way that you do or or hold the beliefs that you do because of something you've never considered before and if nothing else you will understand those people better and finally Don't speak disparagingly about other people here. Quit talking smack about people here. Don't do it. Don't assume the worst. Give people the benefit of the doubt. If you have a problem with someone, talk to them. Don't talk about them. Forgive people and move on. It's been a hard year. Few, if any of us, are at our best. We've been pushed and pulled in ways that we never have before. We're not perfect. And there's a lot of grace for imperfect people here. I am so, so grateful for this place. This place saved my life. This place has shaped me deeply. I love this place. And the world needs this place a place where people are accepted just as they are, which ironically frees them to not stay the same and to grow more and more into the people that God created them to be. But it's up to us to continue on that path. It's up to us to resist the ways and means and divisions of the larger culture around us and to instead choose the radical way of Jesus, love, forgiveness, and grace. Marshall and Patrick, you guys can come back up. We're going to conclude with another instrumental song, um, during which I want you to reflect on these questions. What keeps me from extending grace to people that I disagree with about important things? And is there something that I can do about that? There may be, there may not be. But if there is, what, what can you do about whatever keeps you from extending that grace? And then in the next month, which maybe this will be the hardest month to do it in, but in the next month, how can I extend grace to someone who disagrees with me? After this song, after this time of reflection, I'll come back up and wrap things up and dismiss us.